So Money Episode 618, Grand Sabatier, founder of Millennial Money. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Today's guest became a millionaire in just five years and all by the age of 30. Grant Sabatier is the founder of Millennial Money, and he'll be sharing how he went from having just $2 in his pocket to crossing the million-dollar threshold. Indeed, it was a fateful day at Chipotle in his early 20s when Grant experienced his financial wake-up call. All he wanted to do was buy a burrito, but he couldn't. He checked his bank balance and realized he had just $2.26 to his name. And he was a recent unemployed college grad living at home like so many millennials. And it was that day that he decided it was time to grow up, time to make a living and take a stab at this whole adulting thing. And did he ever? You'll have to listen to the episode to learn the rest. Here we go. Here's Grant Sabatier. Grant Sabatier, Mr. Millennial Money. Welcome to the show. Hey, Farnoosh. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're kind of making a name for yourself, not just as the Millennial Money founder, but as somebody who um, has achieved enormous success in in your 20s. Um, how old are you now? I'm 32 now. But yeah, all, all, of, my, now. Yeah, all of my real success happened happened between 25 and 30. Let's go back to when you had $2.26 to your name. I'm sure you've told this story a lot, but I don't think our audience may have heard it. I haven't heard it. So indulge us. Tell us when you uh, were at Chipotle and you had only a $2 and a quarter to your name and the come to Jesus that you had. Yeah. So actually, I didn't even make it to Chipotle that day, unfortunately. Um, it was uh, August 24th, 2010. Uh, I'd been living back at home with my parents, uh, literally in my childhood bedroom in the same bed I slept in, you know, starting when I was like nine or 10. And so uh, I'd gotten, you know, I'd bounced around a bunch of jobs after college, you know, over a three year period, uh, and just nothing really worked out. And it was kind of, you know, just after the Great Recession. And yeah, I found myself at home. My parents said, Hey, you can crash here for three months, you know, but you gotta, gotta find your way from then. Uh, so I lasted, you know, I had a little bit of money saved, but it only lasted about a month. And so by August, uh, 2010, yeah, I was down to my last $2 and 26 cents. I woke up, you know, I'd been applying to just hundreds of jobs at the time. You know, I was super dejected. I wasn't hearing back from anyone. So I'd kind of given up, honestly, and uh, woke up, you know, I think it was a like a Thursday or Friday. I think it was a Friday. And basically, I was just hungry. It was like 10 or 11 in the morning. And I looked on my phone uh, and basically I had $2.26 left and, and, and couldn't go and get that burrito. Uh, it was kind of a rock bottom moment for me where you know, I was so dejected, just, just applied to so many jobs, didn't know what was next, really didn't even know what I wanted to do. Uh, and really from that moment, just you know, made a plan just to never feel that way again. And you know, 
started looking at money, uh, careers, my life, my friends' lives, my parents' lives, everyone around me's lives, you know, pretty critically and pretty philosophically to understand, you know, is there a different way to live? Is there a way that I can perhaps, you know, fast track this process, find a job that I love and really, you know, try to retire as early as possible. At that time, you know, I, I didn't know anything about financial independence. I didn't know anything about early retirement. I'd never heard of anyone who retired, you know, before the age of like 60. So it was just, it was, it was just such a foreign concept that I set the, you know, somewhat naive and arbitrary goal to try to make a million dollars as quickly as possible. And that was as sophisticated as I got at that point. All right. So you couldn't buy that burrito and let's not fast forward because I want to know what happened in the days and the months that followed. Did you build a support system? Did you, what was on that list of things that you wanted to do? I know you got a job eventually and you were able to double your salary there in a year. That's significant. But what was actually specifically your plan of action? Yeah, my specific plan of action was really just to, you know, question everything, uh, that I'd heard before about money and career. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'd spent my time, my last three years essentially in a cubicle, locked up, spending every dollar that I made. And I knew that if I was going to even have a chance at making, you know, a million dollars, I was going to have to, you know, think a little bit differently and see first and foremost what's even possible. So, you know, I'm someone I was, I was a little bit of a math geek as a kid and I just took to, you know, took out a piece of paper uh, and a pencil and just started, you know, working with some numbers to try to figure out, you know, how much money would I need to actually save in order to have a million dollars? You know, I knew kind of the basics around investing. I didn't really know much about index funds at the time, but I really started with the math. And, you know, I looked at some of the basic principles. You know, I, I'd read maybe one personal finance book. I think I'd read, uh, Tobias's, uh, the only, uh, investment guide you'll ever need, uh, in college at some point. So I, I had a, basic understanding that, you know, you needed to save money and invest. Uh, but, you know, the common wisdom was, was that, you know, at the time was that you needed to save maybe 5, 10, 15% of your income. And so I started with that and basically calculated, you know, if I could make $50,000 and save 10%, you know, it's only $5,000 a year. How long would I have to do that even expecting, you know, maybe a 5% interest rate to, to actually be able to retire? And it hit me pretty quickly. I, I literally remember this moment. Uh, it was a few days after that Chipotle burrito incident where I realized, you know, I, I was never going to be able to retire unless I was able to make a lot more money. So the math just didn't add up, uh, you know, saving $5,000, $10,000 a year, even in a great market, you're going to have to just work forever. So I knew that, you know, there was only a few variables that I could control how much money I was making uh, or try to control how much money I was making, how much money I was, you know, spending and how much money uh, I was investing and kind of that investing rate. So I really had to figure out kind of the principles of that. And then I started taking stock of my skills. So it was one of those things where, you know, I was haphazardly applying to every job I could, you know, a, a, you know, associate radio producer. I didn't have any skills for that. An associate editor. I didn't have any skills for that. A business analytics intern. I didn't have any skills for that. You know, so I, I took stock of my skills and realized, you know, I was a decent writer. I was pretty good at public speaking. Uh, and I was okay at math, but you know, that was, that was pretty much it. You know, I didn't have a ton of, you know, what I, 
I'd call sort of sort of marketable skills. And so I realized first and foremost that I needed to get some skills that were in demand. Um, and this all happened pretty fast. Uh, around September, you know, I was just thinking, I was literally Google searching like, you know, careers in demand, jobs of the future, those sorts of things. And I remember just, you know, I was, I was Googling all of this, uh, on my phone at the time. And, you know, I was, you know, it's kind of ironic. I had no money, but I still had the latest and greatest iPhone. You know, it was just kind of a remnant of, of my financial patterns, uh, before I started saving. And yeah, I was just Googling and it kind of hit me. And, uh, you know, I saw these ads, uh, just on Google and, you know, this is like early kind of mobile device search. So there was, you know, two or three Google ads. And I was like, wow, these ads, like everyone's using their phone to search now. What are these ads? And I clicked through and I literally remember the, the, the search. It was like, how do you run ads on Google? And, you know, I read all about it and figured out, um, you know, that, that there was this thing called Google AdWords and that essentially uh, Google ads are real time. They're based on a real time auction system. And that really intrigued me. Um, you know, it's kind of competitive in nature. And so, you know, really kind of fell in love with the idea of Google advertising and, and, and geeked out over a 60 day period. I became a Google AdWords certified in like three weeks, uh, then became Google Analytics certified in the next month and pretty much taught myself digital marketing through YouTube. Uh, this is back in 2010. So I was watching, you know, early tutorials about it, uh, and, and taught myself it enough that within 60 days or it was more like 90 days, but it was kind of a 60 to 90 day period. I was able to get a job at a digital marketing agency running Google AdWords campaigns. You know, it was something that not a lot of people did. It was in demand. And I went to the hiring manager and I said, you know, I don't have any experience, but here I'm Google certified. Here's my certification. I really love this. Uh, you know, give me a shot. And I was, she later told me that I was so passionate about it that she had to give me an opportunity. And that was it. Um, taught myself from scratch and was able to get a $50,000 job uh, immediately. Google University. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still learn it for free. Every, everyone that asks me, like, how can I make more money? I literally just send them the Google AdWords, the Google University link. And I just say, learn AdWords. You know, this is like the future. Um, and it was in this job that you doubled your salary. So earning more was part of the equation. Um, but also you invested your money. I read in the Washington Post, there was a profile of you that said that while some of us may have been afraid to invest during the financial crisis, you went full steam ahead and that was very helpful. Oh, yeah. I mean, once I got that $50,000 job, I was so excited because I, I, by that time, while I was learning AdWords, I was also reading everything that I could about money. So during that time, I read Your Money to Your Life. Uh, I will teach you to be rich, you know, just a bunch of books. Uh, just I soaked them all up. So literally, I, I was. Every day I was learning AdWords and I was reading about money. So by the time that I got that $50,000 a year job, I was like, I'm going to save and invest as much of this as possible. I knew at the age of 24, I had time on my side that the market was down. And so immediately when I started, I got my first paycheck, I invested 80% of it. So I was just like super stoked. You know, I, I lived in like such a dumpy apartment. Uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, at, you know, my girlfriend at the time is now my wife, like literally wouldn't come over to my place because it was such a dump, but I was, you know, I was staying, it was like $400 rent and I was able to save 80% of my income. And then I got really hungry. I realized, you know, I started seeing like how much the agency I worked for was charging, uh, you know, 
for what I was doing and then how much they were paying me. And I figured out that they were making like four or five times on my salary, uh, uh, you know, on the clients that I was managing. So I was like, Hey, you know, there doesn't need to be a middleman here. I'm going to go out and find some of my own clients. So I got really aggressive. And within a few months of starting that full time job, I found my first client, which was a, a, a small law firm uh, here in Chicago. And basically I told them, I said, Hey, I know how Google advertising works. I can help you get clients. You know, here's how much money you need to spend. Uh, and here's how much I'll charge. And so I was able to sign, you know, a pretty small engagement, but you know, I delivered, I over delivered on that. I ended up building them a website. And then that was the one reference that I needed and had, you know, that lawyer introduced me to his other lawyer friends and, you know, very, very quickly, uh, you know, went from basically selling a $5,000 side project to a hundred thousand dollar side project, uh, about three or four months later. So I actually, I more than doubled my salary my first year. I actually ended up making $400,000 within 12 months of getting that job all through freelance projects. So I was just, but the thing is, this is one of the things people are like, how did you even do that? You know, I didn't really have a life, you know, it was, it was 24 seven nonstop. <laughs> yeah, it was nonstop. It was like I would work with anyone. I tried to sell as many clients as I could. And then I, I did it to invest. Um, so every dollar that I invested back then is worth about $3.50 today. So I knew that if... I just, I just wanted to make money to invest. I like live, uh, I like lived on my Vanguard app. You know, I would just get so excited when I would just get a new paycheck and I would just like be able to invest it. Um, a lot of people, you know, I was probably a little obsessed with it, honestly. And I think there's, there's ways to be more balanced about it, but that's just, you know, I was, I went from one extreme to the other, uh, cause I wanted to get as far away as possible from that, you know, emptiness feeling that I had just back home at my parents with nothing. And of course, the success of your financial process gave life to millennialmoney.com, which is where people can now tap into learning how you did it and uh, lots of other sort of great money advice. How did you get that URL to begin with? That's a pretty... I feel like that would be a really hot URL. Yeah. So this is one of my side hustles. I actually invest uh, in domains and buy and sell domains. So I have over 800 of them. Um, I'm actually pretty f- uh, infamous. I, I was able to call the Kim and Kanye relationship before they came out. So I actually owned KimandKanye.com, which is pretty funny. Um, but I, I've just always kind of bought and sold domains have since... Uh, no, that, that, I ended up getting a cease and desist from Kanye West Clothing <laughs> Company. So that didn't work out as well for me. But I, I have sold some pretty high profile domains and I actually, uh, bought millennial money in a domain auction, uh, a few years before I launched the site. Um, I, I was pretty excited. You know, I was a big reader of like, you know, the, the early sort of get rich slowly, uh, and a number of blogs. So I was, I was a fan of the genre. And I, I, I thought I, you know, I wanted to sort of share with the world, but I was like, you know, Grant, like, you know, you only have so much time and, uh, you know, focus your energy on kind of making money and investing. And I always had the dream to one day kind of write about money. And so I picked up that domain in a domain auction. Um, and actually it's pretty funny because I've been offered, you know, pretty, pretty large sums of money for it, uh, over the past couple of years, uh, and just really have no interest in selling it at all. Well, um, a million dollars in your twenties. What's next for you? Like if I know you're in the process of writing a book, which is going to be coming out next year, but personally for you, I mean, do you have aspirations to retire early? Do you want to make eight figures? What's your, what are your financial goals at this point? 
Yeah, I actually have enough money. Um, so I effectively could walk away tomorrow and never work again. Um, uh, based on my calculations. And those are, those are based around me spending, you know, between 50 and $75,000 a year for the rest of my life. So I couldn't live somewhere like New York, like you do and make that work, but it could certainly work in Chicago. Um, it's actually ironic because, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm now pursuing more of the projects that I'm really passionate about. And millennial money is a great example. I built it just because I wanted to write, uh, on, on the website, but now it's making about, you know, between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars a month, uh, just in advertising and affiliate revenue. So that's something that money has just become a byproduct of something I'm passionate about. So um, I'm just so excited to be sharing this story with the world, to be speaking. I've always wanted to be a writer. It was my dream to write a book, and so uh, you know, getting the book deal with Penguin and, and working on this uh, book, which is essentially about how anyone can fast track uh, their retirement and 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 financial independence. I'm Super deep into that and excited about the opportunities, uh, that, that it will open up. I'm also, you know, I'm doing a lot of traveling. I just got back from the south of France. So, um, you know, I, I probably lived two or three lifetimes in that five years, uh, between 25 and 30. And I'm trying to take it a little bit easier now, honestly, because, uh, you know, I, I'm still dealing with a little bit of the burnout from that period, but that was kind of the sacrifice that I made. And now I'm excited to, you know, pursue more creative projects. Um, I'm working with a few electronic music artists, uh, helping them develop. And I, you know, I really love music. So, um, yeah, just pretty excited about kind of all the doors that really millennial money is opening up and, um, just some of the seeds that I planted early on, uh, beyond just, just the business ventures. Millennials and money is a big category for good reason. What is your counterintuitive advice that, you feel is not being projected that you want to get this message out uh, that you feel that millennials need to hear when it comes to managing their money wisely. Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of money advice and life advice. Uh, you know, a lot of people, there's kind of that Gary Vanderchuk narrative that's so pervasive now of just hustle, 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 hustle. Um, and I'm all for the hustle. I was a huge component of it, but I think we live in an incredibly, uh, sort of burnout culture. And I think that, uh, I, I sort of say that sort of busyness is an epidemic. You know, we all spend so much time just running around trying to do the next thing. And, you know, that's one way to get the most out of life. But, you know, I, I like to tell people that, you know, I always try Try to chill as hard as I hustle. You know, life's really kind of a counterbalance. It's a yin and yang. You know, there's kind of two sides to the coin. And if you're always pushing on all cylinders, you know, not only are you going to burn out, but you know, you might get sick or, you know, you, you know, you might just forget to stop and smell the roses occasionally. And I think that just chilling as hard as you hustle is, um, a, something that I'm trying to live by more, but I think it, it factors into investing as well. I think that, you know, you can't let kind of the best be the enemy of the good. And a lot of people, when it comes to money, they're so afraid of making the wrong decision that they either don't do anything, uh, or they get really emotional and do something stupid. So, you know, having confidence that, you know, 
you, you, you know, you've put sort of simple money habits in place that, you know, you're saving before you spend that, you know, you're prioritizing and finding a balance between spending and saving is, is really important. And then kind of letting it go and not beating your, you know, beating yourself up about it. Cause, you know, money itself, chasing it as well as managing it, uh, can, can become somewhat of an addiction. And, you know, I think we live in a very obsessive culture. We're told to do things faster, faster, faster. And, you know, if you're doing things right with money, time will take care of the rest. And it's really about building those foundational principles and then just saving, you know, as much as you can and having confidence in your strategy. And I think a lot of people, and this is kind of the irony about my story, uh, you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of luck in what I did. Sure. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I benefited from, you know, a growth market. I was able to make a lot of money pretty quickly. Um, but that's kind of the exception to the rule. And what I always try to share is that, you know, you don't have to make a million dollars in five years. Uh, the key is, to find the balance uh, that works for you and just, you know, as I always say, kind of every 1% that you can increase your savings rate, you can retire up to two years early. So if you increase your savings rate 1% once a quarter or twice a year, you know, you're, you are already fast tracking your, your, uh, retirement. And so, you know, take it at a pace that makes sense for you. You know, you don't have to always go 200 miles per hour. So. That that would be kind of my investing in my life advice right there. That's your book in a nutshell, but still go buy the book. I, I think too, Grant, similar to what you experienced, being quote unquote successful and uh, I suppose fulfilled in your 20s and forever is owning something, right? Going after whatever it is that you're interested in and being proactive about it, right? This concept of my company is going to take care of me or my employer is going to take care of me or saving, like you said, just five or 10% of my salary should be enough. That is mediocre at best. And that really to take control and take yourself and your finances to the, to the right and best level, you have to have more skin in the game and have ownership over your ideas. And um, even if it's just a side hustle to start, it's better than I think being beholden to a paycheck that you have no control over. Yeah. The more control you have over your income streams, the less stressed you're going to feel. You know, when you're just working a wage job and you've got a boss and, you know, you don't really know how you're being judged or maybe the company could go under, or you're dependent upon the founder or the company. Um, you know, you're putting a lot of stock, uh, in, in someone else. And then when you're able to reclaim that and, and make money on your own terms, you know, you just feel a lot more empowered, a lot more free. You know, I think we all know that, you know, the jobs in the future really haven't been created yet. So how can you build your skills and really just be curious and continue to develop in a way, you know, that you'll be able to control, uh, you know, or have more control in kind of your own, uh, your own financial destiny. I think that that's, that's really important as well. And, you know, just kind of giving a quick sort of teaser into the book, um, you know, essentially it's about time. You know, at the end of the day, we only have, t- you know, time is our most valuable resource. And it's ironic that younger people have more time. Uh, it, it actually does. It's been sort of psychologically proven that time does move slower when you're younger. You know, people, you get more bored. There's less to do. You have less responsibilities. So how, when you're young, can you take advantage of time in a way that gives you more 
time uh, later in life. Because um, at the end of the day, whenever you're making money, you know, you're, you're, you're trading, you know, you're trading your life for it. You're trading your time for it. So how can you build income streams or just design your life in a way that your money is making money and doesn't rely on much as much on your actual time? Um, so at the end of the day, it's just a really a trade off uh, about just kind of you know, a lot of people, I think, sacrifice too much for money. And to be honest, this is something, you know, I show this in the book, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't call myself really kind of a mindful person, um, until I made a, made quite a bit of money. You know, I was pretty, you know, I had a really unhealthy relationship with it. I was pretty addicted to it during that five year process. But an interesting thing that happened is once I had enough and I knew that I could walk away and I didn't have to worry about money, I felt like I could feel at a deeper level. So like 90% of my brain that was dedicated to making money, it's like all of that is open now. So, you know, I have stronger relationships with my friends. I'm a lot more curious. I'm a lot more calm. Uh, and I'm just able to, you know, I think I'm a lot more mindful now, just not having to worry about money. And I'm, I'm, I'm a lot happier. And it's not in the sense that I can buy anything that I want. It's just that I know that that's taken care of and I'm taken care of. And so I can really start to live life uh, it just feels a lot fuller to me. And that, that's something that, to be honest with you, I'm not a new agey person. I never expected that to happen. But, you know, even teaching people about money now is, is it's really kind of become my mission uh, just because I want more people to feel this way. I, I hate seeing people, you know, feel trapped in the nine to five or just, you know, feel like there's no way out. So if I can just write about money or teach about money and just kind of inspire or help, you know, even a few people uh, kind of live a different you know, follow a different path or live a different way. You know, that every email I get from readers on millennial money, uh, it is, is sort of like, you know, more valuable than any dollar that I've made. And that's something that, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect. I didn't anticipate. And that's really what's most exciting uh, about this whole process is just being able to, to help people and, and realize that there's many paths to wealth. You know, there's not mm -hmm. just one. And I think culture tends to, sort of share one path when there's a lot of different ways and you can live life on your own terms. Great message. Grant, thank you so much. And we look forward to your book coming out in the spring. Hopefully we can have you back then and catch you on the other side of things and see how you like being an author, published author. It's gonna, I think they're going to like it. Oh man, writing this book is so intense. I have so much. I have so. Well, much I know your editor, and she is the best oh, editor man. out there, and she is intense. But that's what you want. You want somebody who's going to kick your butt. Hey, Farnoosh, this was really a lot of pleasure. I admire your work and, you know, I'm excited to, to engage with you in, you know, in the future. And yeah, really appreciate you having me on the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Our pleasure. Thanks, Grant. Thank you. Thanks so much to Grant for stopping by. If you'd like to learn more about him and his website, check out millennialmoney.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at millennialmoney. All this information and more is over at SoMoneyPodcast.com. And while you're there, go to the right-hand corner, click on Ask Farnoosh, and send me a question for our Friday episodes. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money. So money.